0: In this episode, we're going to talk about our next lie. And the pattern we're following is that first lie was about lies about God. The second is lies about ourselves, And this is our first lie that talks about our relationships with other people. So the lie goes, you have to earn my love and respect. So to kick off this podcast, <laughs> we have searched and scoured the internet, uh, not that far, but just a little bit for some memes. And we're going to find and share some memes about husbands and about wives. So let me start off. The first one is your husband will always be your biggest and oldest child that requires the most supervision. Um, I know that, that people, some ladies, some wives, have the thought process that their husband is their biggest and oldest child that requires the most time, effort, and energy. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. So next one. Uh, husbands do things to purposefully annoy their wives, and then they get confused when the wives get annoyed. We've seen that a few times too, right? Yes. So so these memes, not they're not necessarily untrue, but when they're put into words and put on the internet, they kind of take a different shape. And the final one behind this one, this one's my favorite, behind every husband who thinks he wears the pants is a wife who told him which <laughs> pair of pants... To wear, That's my favorite of the three.
1: Yes, I chuckle at that one.
0: You chuckle at that one. Would you mind reading the wife memes that, that we selected that were family-friendly, but, you know, kind of take some stabs?
1: All right. The first one is, are you involved in any dangerous sports? Well, sometimes I disagree with my wife. And second, wedding vows should include, do you promise to help him find things that are right in front of him? Because he's going to be asking that forever. <laughs>
0: <I connect laughs> that one's with, my favorite. <laughs> I, I connect with that one because uh, I, I do ask about things. Yeah. You always seem to know where they're at.
1: <laughs> Sometimes. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nina.
0: And I am Nathan. And as we've already introduced, we're going to be talking about lie number three. That lie says, you must earn my love In my respect. We're going to take a look at scripture to see how we are called to love and respect all people, but especially how we're called to love and respect inside the context of marriage.
1: Our passion is building faithful families. Thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning.
0: So Nina, if we're going to make an argument that love and respect is an integral part of marriage, I think it's good for us to look at scripture and see how God has made commands about love and respect to people in general. Yeah. So we're going to work through some scripture and kind of create that baseline. And then we'll move on to specifically how how this applies to marriage. But if you don't mind, I'm going to read first um, because this first verse I'm going to read actually includes both this idea of love and respect. This is from Romans twelve ten, And it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing Honor. So, in Romans, Paul is commanding the the Roman church to to show both love and show honor to one another. And if I, if I am not mistaken, this is specifically in the context of the body of Christ, other believers. It I seems believe to be. so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are there any other verses that we have that we can uh, read about that as well?
1: Yeah, let's read about one Peter two seventeen. It says, "Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor."
0: Okay, so this one's kind of interesting because this has a really broad context of everybody. And then it kind of, you know, gets a little more niche and talks about the brotherhood and, you know, other believers in Christ. But this also throws a command towards authority and leadership. Even towards God himself. Yeah, all-encompassing kind of verse, but it's talking about that honor again. How about Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, now, this is specifically for children and their relationship with parents. But, you know, this is a broad category of honor as well. So let's, let's read through that.
1: Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land.
0: This is actually going back to the Old Testament, to the, one of the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. and referencing in Exodus the command to honor your father and mother. I believe so. Okay. So we, we're we laying this baseline, the basics, like not going over an extreme, but God is telling us to love and respect all people. So let's move on to love. Actually, we're going to read two verses in John, and both of those verses pretty much say the same thing. So when Jesus is repeating things over and over, that's definitely something we want to be mindful of.
1: The first scripture we're going to read is in John 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another.
0: And John 15, 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And so what's really cool to me in this one is this seems to be talking about how the love we show brothers and sisters in Christ and other people actually is a way for the lost world to see a difference in us and um, maybe be drawn in by the gospel and the, and the message we preach. Yeah. Now, let's let's go back to the Old Testament, all the way back to Leviticus 19, 18.
1: All right. This verse says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord.
0: Hey, Nina, one more verse we're going to read is Matthew 5, 43 through 44. It says, you have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Hmm. So as, as we've been reading these verses, what's coming to mind for me is there's this general call for love and respect for all people. When we were thinking about respect, there was respect also for authority and for government. And when we're talking about love, it was talking about loving your neighbor and even loving your enemies.
1: And loving your neighbor as yourself, like, Mm. you know, how would you take care of yourself?
0: How would you take care of yourself and and, and treating people in a a similar way? We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but there's, there's different ways that I feel love and respect. And so I also need to be mindful of, I want to show love and respect, but in a way that is impactful to other people in my life. And that's something to think about. Yeah. So... Let's kind of just review real quick the the who is your neighbor. Do you remember the story of the the Samaritan man? Yeah. Okay, let's just let's not read it, but just kind of go over the story. What what do you remember about that story?
1: There was a Jewish man that was hurt on the side of the road. People kept coming by him, other Jewish people.
0: Well, and and religious people. Well,
1: yeah, religious people at that leaders of their areas and they would just pass by him and not help him at all. And finally, this kept happening and finally a Samaritan of all people who weren't considered I don't know, they didn't have a very good standing in the in the in their community came by and and took care of him, got him to an inn and paid for his lodging and helped him get back to health and even went above that and told the innkeeper, you know, if there's any other things he needs here, you know, take care of it for him.
0: And if you think about that cultural context, the the Samaritans believed in one true God, but they had deviated from the the Jewish beliefs, and uh, that's what caused this animosity between the Jewish people and the Samaritans. The the Samaritans were not viewed as as pure religious people, and and so, like you said, it was rather amazing that that leader after leader came religious leader after religious leader, two in total, who were of the same ethnicity, were of the same religion, and they passed by. But it was the the man, the outcast, the man that was viewed as less, and he came and showed love. Our neighbor in this context are even the people that hate us. It's, mm-hmm. it's even the people that don't like us. It, who persecute us. But it's, it's the people in our lives. And I, I think that's really important when we think about love and respect what God expects of us as followers of Jesus Christ. We need to love and respect those who do not like us, who hate us, who go as far as, like you said, to persecute us. And I think that's really hard and challenging though, because emotionally, when I'm given X, my flesh wants to respond with X. When I'm given Y, good or bad, my, my flesh wants to respond with Y. I, I don't see anything in these scriptures that goes, hey, Nathan, uh, love and respect your neighbor if your neighbor loves and respects you.
1: <laughs> or if you want to.
0: <laughs> or if you want to. Yeah, it's not, it's not based on a feeling or reciprocity. Is that the right word? Sounded, Sounds good. good. Sounded good. Okay, we'll go with it. But really, this, this is the bare minimum. So an important call out. All Christians are called to love and respect all people. I'm going to say that one more time. That's really simple, but that is so so hard. So all Christians are called to love and respect all people. And like we read uh, from Romans 12:10, that that love and that respect go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. In in one verse we we hear the command for both. We're going to kind of take a pivot on our podcast. Uh, we've been talking about that that generic baseline of love and respect for all people. We're going to move into marriage. Now, if you are not married, I would still advise you to listen to this because maybe someday you will. If you're a child, you have a mom and a dad who are currently married or have been married. You've maybe seen great examples of love and respect. You might have seen examples where love and respect weren't, um, I guess, followed as well as they should have been. So this really, even though we're targeting an audience of married people, um, to talk about that specifically, this impacts families. Yeah. I don't know of anybody that doesn't know somebody who's been married at one point in time. Mm. As we continue on, we invite you to to dive in deep with us. And as we talk about this as husband and wife, what we're going to try to do is is share God's truth, but be transparent about where we have struggles and where it's hard and, and still some of the questions that we're working through. Mm let's dive into Ephesians. We're going to go to Ephesians 5, 22 through 33. This is a pretty famous passage when it talks about a husband and wife relationship. There's some passages as a man I kind of get like cautious about because I want to represent God's truth, but I also know that sometimes hearing God's truth is a hard thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and for me, these are one of these passages that when I speak about it, Whew, I, I I just wonder what people are, are sensing or feeling from us. So friends, our, our desire is to speak truth and uh, not to shy away from hard things that mm-hmm. we need to be talking about in our marriage. So whenever you're ready, uh, I, I want to honor my wife in this way. Nina is the better reader. <laughs> so if you're like, why does Nina read all the time? She's better at it.
1: You're great at improv, though.
0: <laughs> well, I, I will keep improving, and, and I appreciate you reading.
1: All right. Ephesians five twenty two through 33 Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband.
0: Would you mind reading verse 33 one more time for us?
1: Sure. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband
0: so just to be clear today is not a um, exegetical message about mm. um, these verses what we're really going to start processing and thinking about is is specifically verse 33 there's a command for husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church and as I was doing some research on this I heard something unique it says that wives are to respect their husbands as the church is commanded to respect Christ
2: mm. that
0: parallel was, Something new I hadn't really seen before. I want to read that one more time. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. And wives, respect your husbands as the church respects Christ. So we're, we're given the example both ways.
2: Mm.
0: I need to follow Christ's example in loving you, Nina. Mm. And God is saying, Nina, I want you to respect Nathan like the church is respecting Christ Jesus. And so that, that just hit me a little bit different today mm. as we're thinking about that. I wonder, though. Why is it that, since we've already read that, everybody needs to be loved and respected? Hmm. Why do you think it is that Paul is giving a very specific command to men as husbands and then a different specific command to women as wives?
1: If I'm correct in my thinking, he was speaking to the Ephesian church. I think there was a lot of pagan worship and other things happening even in that area around in, in that culture at that time. And so I think he's trying to address some kind of issue that he was seeing among the relationship of the husband and wife usually in that culture and in that time frame women didn't really have a, a lot of rights. They the men had the rights. And I don't think they were always treated maybe as as well or as a uh, equal in society as as we see things in our world currently.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with everything you've said. I was able to research just a little bit about some of that cultural context. And at the time that Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, basically men had all the power. Mm. So as a husband, you had all the power. As a father, you had all the power. Basically, in any role that you served as a man, you had more power than than any of the women in your life. This is not intended to be graphic, but men often had more than one woman in their life. Mm. They, they had a, a wife, and the expectation of the wife was to bear children. Mm. And and basically, that was her job, is to create legitimate heirs. So he wanted the man would want to continue his family line. He would want to have a, a male child to pass on his inheritance to. But that didn't mean that he also didn't have mistresses. So where a, a wife would be viewed as, you produce legitimate children for me, mm. my mistresses for fun and sexual pleasure.
2: Mm.
0: And and so can, can you imagine that when, when Paul's looking at the church in Ephesus and you have these new believers and he's like, we need to be different than the rest Mm. of the world. And so he's calling these men to break outside of the cultural norm of looking at your wife as a possession or as just a machine to bear children. Mm. He's calling them. You need to sacrificially give yourself for your wife you need to sacrificially love. And in uh, sacrificial love, it's the word agape. We've, we've heard that throughout our lives, but yeah. that's the kind of love that only God can can give. And so as we try to imitate uh, Jesus Christ, as we try to Im- imitate God as husbands, we need to try to sacrificially love our wives in a way that shows that, that they have meaning, that they have value. Paul first challenges the men, the men who were in power Mm. to love and he was calling them to love those that were in a position of lesser power mm. instead of the reverse of saying women you need to do this x y and z he's going to the men first and saying you have the authority and power and the control in this this culture you're the ones that need to make the change first mm. and uh you know i think that's that's special that's important that shows how god values women and wives and mothers and daughters. It's really cool when you see God going and telling the men you you need to be the change makers.
2: Mm.
0: You
1: need to be the change makers in a culture that is not doing it that way. Mm. Yeah. You know, like be countercultural and live a life that reflects Christ, not not what the world is saying to do.
0: But when you press against the culture, you are made fun of, you are hated, mm. you persecuted. are persecuted. And that's what we need to be thinking of as followers of Jesus. Are we countercultural?
2: Hmm.
0: Are we cross-centered, cultured? Are we of the world? Hmm. Now, now something else that's amazing in the instruction and in the commands of Ephesians five thirty three is God did not say, "Hey, husbands, love your wives if they are lovely," hmm. and it didn't say, "Wives, respect your husbands if they are respectable." This was an unconditional command. There was no attachments. There were no... If clause. Perfect. Perfect. There were no if if clauses. Well, if he's bad this day, then you don't have to respect mm-hmm. him. Or if she's off this day, you don't have to love her. There's nothing like that. If I'm supposed to love and respect you, but why does God specifically tell me to love you? You are a person in my life. I'm supposed to love and respect all people. But for me specifically, as your husband, why is, why is my command to love? And it makes me wonder and I think with some reflection I probably can give out respect better naturally than I can give out love. So as a man, I'm being challenged and commanded to do the thing that's most difficult for me. And I think the reverse is true as well.
2: Yeah.
0: For the wife, for the woman, to respect is the harder harder accomplishment. To, to love is the easier accomplishment. Does does that resonate with you? I don't want to speak for you, but with the differentiation of love and respect. Do you feel that? Does that make sense?
1: I think it makes sense. I think that it's more natural for women to love other people. I wouldn't say that they don't it's not natural to respect someone, but I think that what guys want is that respect even even outside of the marriage relationship guys want to yeah. be respected yeah. and women want to feel loved and you know by who whoever that is and so i think that but i think in the marriage relationship that's why it's so important because those are the two ideas that affect the the husband and and wife the most and like you said though it's it's easier to give love or respect, depending on who you are. As the woman, it's easier for me to love. That's what, that just what comes more naturally for me. And so that means I have to work harder to respect you and learn what does that look like for you? Because I think that's something that we've wrestled through in our marriage is what does respect
0: look like for you
1: and learning that.
0: And vice versa. What, how do I show you love specifically tailored to you so that you feel most loved? A couple of things come to mind, The Five Love Languages. There's another book, Love and Respect. And and when we have this general call to love and respect all people, it means that we need to be even better students of our spouse mm. who we're with day in and day out to find the intricacies, the, the special moments that show you most love and, and vice versa, that show me most respect.
1: I think we get, you know, we get into our patterns of daily life and, yeah. and we get really comfortable with each other. And sometimes we, we lose that focus.
0: I hate to admit that, but yeah, you know, when we reach the point, if, if we reach a point that we're acting more like roommates than as spouses, Mm. I think that love and respect element is, is diminishing. Yeah. And, and we have to claw back for that.
1: Yeah. It takes a lot of effort and intentionality to, to show that, you know, to your, your spouse. Something though, I find really interesting is that if I'm, if I'm respecting you and you're loving me, we're meeting each other where, where we need to be met at, that should just make our marriage grow stronger.
0: And I agree with you, but I'm also thinking about a listener who might be saying, what if we're in a dry spell? Mm-hmm. What if something's happened in our marriage that I can't love that other person or I don't want to respect that other person? Or what if we've started to slide back and we're acting more like roommates than we are spouses? And so there's this real, that, those are yeah. important questions. Oh, yeah, for sure. And although we never want our friends and our family, ourselves, anybody listening to be in that place, that's that's the reality. So this is the hard part. There was no condition on this command.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and we're going to read something in, in just a moment that I think exemplifies why we need to be loving and respecting unconditionally towards our spouse. And scripture even speaks to it. Before we get to that, I want us to read Titus two, three through four, and to show that God actually gives a command for wives to love their husbands, and this is kind of through an inference, and we'll we'll talk about that. And we're also gonna read First Peter three, seven, which tells husbands to respect their wives. So even though in Ephesians we're leaning towards one. We see in Scripture both are commands from Jesus. Do hmm. you have Titus 2, babe?
1: I do. So Titus 2, 3, and 4 says, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children.
0: So the inference there is, how do you train the younger women to love their husbands if you're not loving your husband? So we see in Scripture, it's it's mm-hmm. respect and love. It's not. They're, they're, it's
1: not just respect for my side yeah, of things. And they're,
0: they're married. They're connected. They're hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And then First uh, Peter three seven.
1: All right, First Peter three seven says, "Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered."
0: So again, I can't I can't divorce my love and my honor for you. Mm-hmm. My love and my respect from each other. This is a command that, that God gives me for not just all people, but specifically you. But as we looked at Ephesians, there's something that he's saying specifically, Nathan, lean into the love.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That, that's going to stretch you, Nathan, because that's not your natural tendency. But figure out how to love your wife in such a way that she feels the love. She knows she's loved. And, and the, the, you know, the other side of that is, is he speaks to you, Nina love and respect Nathan, but there's something extra he needs on the respect side. So learn what that means yeah, and, and show that to him, even when he's not respectable.
2: Hmm. Oh, and I hate,
0: I hate thinking that I'm not respectable in your eyes, but there are times where I fail you and God and our family. And I appreciate that God goes, I'm not putting conditions on, on my commands in this regard. Hmm. C.S. Lewis said something that was really interesting. He said, Women think of love as taking troubles from someone. And I see this in your life. You'll you'll be talking with a friend and almost like I can see you pulling the weight off of somebody as you talk and as you're praying. But he says something differently about men. Men think of love as not giving troubles to someone. <laughs> and you know what? That That is beautiful. I think that's true. But when we come at each other trying to show love, you're trying to remove something from me. And I'm just trying not to give you extra. <laughs> And that can create some tension tension, but it's beautiful and how how diverse and uniquely made God has made men versus women. I'm just really excited for our listeners for ourselves as we wrestle through this how do we how do we learn more about our spouse and, and what God's asking of us?
1: I was just thinking how we can help each other, we complement each other. We both have certain strengths and we both have certain weaknesses yeah. but but then you know I also see how God brought us together to complement each other in, in some of those strengths and weaknesses.
0: And that's interesting because, again, I'm, I'm reminded, what if what if we have friends listening to us right now that are struggling with this?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're, we're going to move on to this next category, and we're going to talk more about how love feeds a woman and how respect feeds a man. Would you agree with me, Nina, that God gives us good things that we need?
1: Yeah, I would.
0: Okay, now, sometimes life's challenging. There's
1: suffering. That doesn't mean there's not problems or troubles. Yeah.
0: But God gives us the good things we need. So when God told men in Ephesians 5 33, he said, Men love your wives. You know what I think he was telling me? He was like, Nathan, I'm telling you to love your wife because Nina needs love. Hmm. Through the command, it's not just you do this, but you do this because I see in your wife a need for love. And vice versa. Hmm. When God tells women to respect their husbands, it's not just a, a, an empty command. It's because he knows something about the heart of men that they need that respect. I love how God shows up and he's like providing these instructions and these guidelines for life, but he's not just doing it flippantly. He's doing it because he sees us. He knows us and he knows what our hearts are and what our needs are.
1: I'm also thinking about how how he made us. You know, he made us in his image. Not only does he say respect and love one another, but we're supposed to do that and flip that on him as well. like you said, the reason he tells us this is because he he wants us to experience a really good relationship.
2: yeah,
0: you're like no other woman though, and so I can't just take this this generic <laughs> uh, label or brand of love and apply it to you and expect it to be what meets your needs yeah. And, and, and vice for versa, me. yeah. Yeah. So let's think of the analogy of of the cars we drive. Now we're we're pretty simple people. <laughs> we have uh, gasoline uh, powered vehicles. We don't have a diesel truck or anything like that. And we always use the same octane level, right? We we go for the cheap stuff, right? Yeah. But but if you look at different vehicles and what fuels a vehicle, you need to know if you have a diesel truck versus a gas truck, right? And you need to know if your vehicle can handle an 89 octane versus a, a 91 or 93. That that fuel, what we need to live and experience life, is, is not quite as simple as picking <laughs> which gasoline or fuel to put in your car. I, I need to study you
2: hmm.
0: and figure out what fuels you and be a student of you. And praise God, I've had decades to do that. And praise God, it's still going to take me a long time to figure it out completely, right? <laughs> for me too. But day by day, part of the dance we play and, and participate in as a married couple is is figuring out how how to show that love mm. and what move or what you know how I lead or how I twirl you and you know in this dance of marriage, what what speaks to you mm. and find that and, and find your heart in that. But when you're stuck,
2: mm.
0: it's really hard to do that. Hey, Nina as I, I think of of people who may feel they're in a deep hole right now or that their marriage is, is struggling. It, it reminds me that there perhaps have been times that I've tried to overemphasize the respect side of things where you needed the love, potentially vice versa, where you have overemphasized the love, not not seeing exactly how I needed needed your respect. Can you think of any examples um, in our life where, where maybe we kind of rubbed against each other the wrong way or, you know, just a downtime where where we weren't communicating as well emotionally and, and providing for the other person what they needed.
1: Something that I'm thinking of is that I know that for you, if if there's something we need to discuss, you prefer to do that privately, not not in front of our our friends, but you you would like to have a conversation privately first. And I feel like that is a way I can respect you, is that if we're having a disagreement or something's come up and that we, we need to talk about it, sometimes we can't do it in the moment, but to say, we need to come back to this. This isn't the right time, but let's do that at a different time and place.
0: And that that is something that has, that has spoken to me as As we've grown older together and you see that need, and I want to make sure that it's very clear that that doesn't mean that we never let other people into that part of our life, that we don't open up about uh, needs of prayer Mm -hmm. for that, but just in the moment, I want to make sure we're on the same page, even if we're not in agreement, that at least we can come to some understanding of what the other person is saying so that then we can represent our need to other people better. Mm. And so thank you for honoring me in that. I was drawn back to the time when we left Indonesia and there were 3 months that I was just so my mind was so dark. I was depressed and and I didn't love you well in that time because to be honest, I didn't feel I didn't feel like I deserved love or respect myself. Mm. I couldn't give you something I didn't have because I forgot that I needed to let God be the love that flows out of me. You know, it's just really interesting as I think about people that are in dark times, it's harder when we're not spending time with the Lord. Hmm. When when we don't feel lovely in front of our, our Father God, our Maker God, hmm. it, it's almost impossible to, to reflect his love back to other people and show respect in the way he wants us to.
2: Yeah,
0: If we, if we have friends, like as we're trying to counsel people through these challenging times, like how do you love your spouse? How do you respect your spouse? It's going to sound cliche and we've said it over and over, but finding God, you know, just being honest in your prayers, God, I am struggling.
1: And you know, something that, that we've talked about before on the podcast is if you're struggling, it's 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 even more important that you go to God in prayer for your spouse. When you're praying for your spouse, God changes your heart. Your heart grows softer towards your spouse. It doesn't mean that nothing's never going to frustrate you again, but if you can consistently pray specifically for your spouse in the situation you're going through. God's going to do a work on your heart too and pray for your heart. Pray yeah. that God would work in your heart, help you be able to respect your husband. Ask, you know, and from and vice versa with a husband towards his wife. Ask the Lord to help to help you love your wife and and learn ways to do that. Even in the midst of struggle,
0: the the caution is not to pray your will over your spouse, right? But to pray God's will for your spouse, and to pray that God change your heart if your will is not matching up with His.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so we're not using prayer as a emotional and mental. Um, it's not a weapon. It's not a weapon. Yeah, you you don't use it to weaponize uh, or attack your spouse but to use it to have hearts be changed. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that comes to mind and and we've seen this time and time again and this is something that's so important in our lives is you surround yourself with people mm. that you can trust and you can share your life with. Yeah. And you know what? Guys, part of this whole respect thing in our flesh is we don't like we don't like to look like things are <laughs> we don't like to look like we're not respectful. Just to be honest to To have something hovering over our families, to over our authority and leadership within our family, that that's really challenging. And so, you have to find people in life that you can open up to, that you can share the difficult times with, that they will be praying that that your hearts, both spouses' hearts, will be changed, be praying for your marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really great to realize that that in this this opportunity of growth individually, God gives us other people to be a part of that journey for us.
1: Mm, yeah, that's very true.
0: Nina, when I think about the power of love and respect, it's really interesting to me that that God commands me to love you, that I need to do that unconditionally. But as God's working in our lives, as I love you, you become more lovely to me. Mm. And and I hope the the... The opposite is true as well. Hmm. As you respect me, there's something um, divine happening as God's working in both of our lives. And you see me as more respectable. Now, the caution is, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean I'm Hmm. perfect. It doesn't mean you don't fall. It doesn't mean I don't fall. But there's something about following God's command as he changes both of our hearts.
2: Yeah.
0: That that I see you in, in a different light. I don't see you... Through the filter of my flesh, but I see you through the filter of God working through my spirit, mm-hmm. and and that's really that's amazing to me. What do you think about that? Yeah,
1: I mean, I would totally agree with you on that. I think as we are seeking the Lord, as we are praying, as we are doing life together, if I'm if I'm striving to to show you that respect, learning about you, learning to grow with you in life. In, in a way that that I can respect you when I change my my thoughts and hmm. I allow God to change my thoughts and I and I and I look at truth and let that guide me I, I think then yes you do become more respectable and I and I want to respect you more
0: so what if the command has nothing to do with the other person and it just has all the everything to do with us I mean that I can't say hundred percent that's what it's about but to your point, we become changed when we follow Christ. Mm. It doesn't guarantee the other person will be changed, mm. but we become different. Like we look more like Jesus. We act more like him. And that's what
1: Christ wants. He wants us mm. to be more like him. If I'm seeing God working in your life and I'm seeing you do certain things, like that affects me. And so it it, it should affect my thoughts.
0: Well, you've told me before I, there's certain things in my obedience to Christ that makes me more attractive to you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's it's like, <laughs> okay, I mean, that's like an extra added on bonus of following Jesus is my wife looks at me and goes, man, I love that guy. <laughs> the command for me to love you is is to change my heart.
2: Hmm.
0: There's examples in scripture where it talks about how A woman still respects an unbelieving husband Mm -hmm. for the sake of him coming to know the Lord Jesus, that through her actions, he can see Christ. And you you look through scripture as well, and it talks about, if we look at the example of what Christ is for the church, if I'm supposed to be that for you, bringing the word into our family Mm. and being a spiritual leader, it's for your benefit and for our kids' benefit, not just for my own.
1: But it is attractive when you do those things.
0: God really has something up his sleeve like when <laughs> when he's giving us these commands. It's not again not just like an open generic command but he desires something specifically for my heart
2: mm.
0: as as I look at you as my my wife mm-hmm. and um I I'm just I'm having this moment of, <laughs> of I don't know what to say because I'm I'm kind of in awe of all this right now. Mm. Is God has good things for us. Mm-hmm. This command was not to limit me. it was actually to give me better life mm. and for us to have better life as a, as a couple, as a family. And I'm just kind of awestruck at it right now.
1: I mean God is, is pretty amazing and you know the, the things that he knows that we don't quite understand, you know there's still mysteries to him, but how He created us to live life together and help each other through life. It is rather remarkable.
0: I think it's about time for us to wrap up a little bit. I want to give uh, some advice to to husbands. Do you have any advice that you want to give to any of the wives?
1: We've hit on what if my husband doesn't deserve my respect, or I'm just having a hard time respecting yeah. him in these moments, or or whatnot. And I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go back to getting God's word and pray for your husband. Ask God to. Not only change His heart, but change your heart. Ask God to help you remember what attracted you to Him in the first place, you know, in your marriage, and and how can you do certain things, maybe just do some small things to show, to show respect and watch what God will do, hmm. just obeying God in, in His command to respect our husbands. Also, I, I would say learn what would speak to your husband's heart and try to do some of those things and see what see what God wants to do with with that in your heart and in his heart.
0: When I'm thinking about men and husbands in particular, we see the example of Christ sacrificially giving himself for the church. Mm. Sometimes we have to check our selfish desires and as men our selfish ambitions, and we need to see what speaks to the heart of our wives. How does she need to feel? And see your love. Because love, and what I mean by feel your love, is not the emotional side of things, but how does she sense it? How does she know the evidence of your love? Like an
1: action or? Yeah,
0: in in our actions, in our words, Mm -hmm. in, in our posture that we take towards our wives. The hard part for me is I can only try to be an imitator of what Christ has done. I can't do it perfectly. Right. Man, if I try to imitate my Lord Jesus and love you the way he's loved the body of Christ, the church, I, I can't go wrong with that.
2: Mm.
0: that that's good stuff. That's, yeah. that's a good good example to follow after. Right. I have to let go of my my selfishness and my own personal desires for the sake of you, for the sake of our family, for the sake of our kids. And, and two things maybe to, to wrap up we all have to do that.
2: Yeah,
1: that's what I was no, going to say. No matter who
0: you are, we have to we have to let go of our selfish desires. Mm. But it's very possible that there are people listening that don't like they're like this whole religious thing, this whole like what are you talking about about surrendering to Jesus? If you don't know Jesus as your lord and savior, if you haven't surrendered to him mm. and his example and made him your forever boss, you're not going to be able to work out these commands in your life on your own strength. Yeah. So when Nina and I are talking about our marriage, we are, we are talking about it from the perspective that we go to God and say, we have trusted that you want to make us right through Jesus Christ. We need to surrender ourselves and our ambitions, our desires, our dreams, our hopes, our family, our expenses, our, our finances, everything. We need to give it to Jesus and say, let your will be done. And we trust that through his death on a cross, even though he didn't deserve to die, God showed him to be perfect because he brought him back to life. Through his death on the cross and coming back to life, we can have new life. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: When we speak about marriage, we speak about it through the context of the gospel. And we can only strive towards this love and respect that we're talking about in the context of Jesus Christ being the boss of our lives. And so, friend, if you're listening and you're like, I I don't like what you're saying. I don't get what you're saying. I can't do what you're saying. We invite you to know Jesus. Mm. Through him, these changes can take place.
1: And he's the one that first showed us love. Yeah. You know, and that and that's why he came and became the perfect sacrifice so that we could have life and, and experience relationships in a new way.
0: Yeah. God didn't ask us to do something that he didn't do first mm-hmm. and show us how to do
2: it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, friends, that's it. We're just going to kind of cut it off. But um, husbands, love your wives.
1: Wives, respect your husbands.
0: It's going to be a journey one well worth taking, right?
1: Yes, definitely. Okay. Have a good day. All right. Blessings.